This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you may be watching for the first time. Almost every day we have people call and say, this is the first time I've seen this program, and so I'm sure, almost positive, we have those watching for the first time today. Thank you for tuning in. Now today we're going to discuss the subject that I think should interest all of us, happiness and harmony in the home. Stay tuned as we discuss that. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. We want you to have that course. You may not be uh, familiar with what I'm talking about and so that you might learn a little bit more about this free course that we offer and how you can receive it. Why don't we pause for just a moment? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read from the book of Colossians uh, today. I'm going to be in the third chapter of Colossians. And uh, we're going to read verse 18 through verse 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in the all things for well, this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Three of the most sublime words in any language are mother, home, and heaven. Of these, the home is the oldest establishment on this earth. It is older than the church, older than the state. God created the home in the very beginning of time. He saw that it wasn't good for Adam to be without a companion, so he created a, a helper for him, one that was suitable for him. So God is the one who created the home. And the rules for carrying on the function of the home are from God Himself. It is here in the home that we begin our lives. It is in the home where we end our lives. The home is the backbone of our nation today. A poet said, so long as we have homes where women are and children stay, so long as we have homes where men return at close of day, if love and loyalty and faith abide across those seals, a stricken nation 
can recover from its gravest ills. Well, one of the greatest needs that we have today is the strengthening of the home in America. The home is the backbone of civilization, the backbone of the nation. And the home is the backbone of the church. If the church is to be strong, there must be strong families that make up, that, uh, make up the church. So some of the fondest memories of, of our childhood cluster around home. And when you speak of home, you touch the tender cords of the heart. You talk to the criminal in his cell or the beggar by the wayside. Everyone likes to talk about home. And it is in the home where happiness and harmony should reign. In order to have happiness and harmony in your home, there must be love abounding. They need to have hearts that are united in love. In Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 14, Paul said that love is the bond of perfectness. Love is the glue, it is the cement, it is the adhesive that holds a family together. When love begins to dissipate, the family, the home begins to fall apart. But what do we mean when we talk about love? I think the Apostle Paul explains that for us best in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then he concludes by saying, love never fails. Yes, indeed, in, in those homes where happiness and harmony reigns, love abounds. But in those homes where there is happiness and where there is harmony, peace prevails. Now, you cannot have a happy home without having peace in that home. Now, there are certain things that I am persuaded make for peace in the home. Let, let me mention some three, four, maybe even five things that will make for peace in the home. One of those things that makes for peace in the home is kindness one toward another. In Proverbs 31 and verse 26, in talking about the worthy woman, the writer says, the law of kindness is in her tongue. And not only should women have the law of kindness in their tongue, men should as well. You see, if we're to have peace in our family, in our home, that we might have happiness and harmony, we need to be kind one toward another. That's what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4:32: Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, 
hath forgiven you. But if we're to have that peace in our homes, we need to practice what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them. That is, you practice what we sometimes refer to as the golden rule of doing to others as we would have others to do to us. Also, to have peace in the home, we need to be big enough, mature enough to say, I have been wrong. That is, we need to be willing to confess our faults one to another. James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray you one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I can think of no place where that's needed any more than our relationships in the home. When we are wrong, we ought to be big enough, mature enough to admit it. We need to be willing to forgive, and that helps to make for peace in the home. Forgiveness. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And just like God forgave us of our sins, we ought to be willing to forgive the sins of others. And then, in short, we need to be mature if we're going to have peace in the home. Marriage is not for children. Marriage is for those who are mature enough to have a lasting relationship. Paul talked about childish ways in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Sometimes we don't put up our toys. Sometimes we act like little babies in the home, and we're not mature. If we want to have happiness and harmony in our homes, we need to have peace in the homes. But in those homes where happiness and harmony prevails, discipline is maintained. Someone says, well, now, what do you mean, Brother Lambert, by discipline? In those homes where happiness and harmony prevails, discipline is maintained. Maybe the best way for us to understand that is to read some from the Bible. Let me read from Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 15. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. Let let me read that again. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. But listen to the rest of the verse. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When children are left to themselves, when there is no form of discipline that is exercised over them, that child is going to bring shame and reproach to his father, to that father and to that mother. Look in Proverbs chapter 23 now, verse 13 and 14. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now some people would read that and they would think, well now that's, you're talking about child abuse. 
Oh, the writer's not talking about child abuse. He's talking about the discipline of children. Let, let me continue to read. If you beat him with a rod, he will not die. He may think he's going to, but he will not. You shall beat him with a rod, and listen to the rest of it, and shall deliver his soul from hell. You might save his soul. And, and we need to be concerned about saving the souls of our children. Now, my mother did not beat me with a rod. She disciplined me with a strap. And she knew exactly how to use it and where to use it. I, I get a little disturbed. I see parents that hit their children in the head. I believe that there is a better place than that and it's farther down. My mother knew where to apply the strap of correction. Then my, comes along, we have children of our own. My wife and I had three children. And uh, I suppose that our, my mother-in-law thought we need to learn how to discipline our children because she said you need to just use a little keen switch. And if you work that little keen switch on those little legs, said it just works wonders. And I found out that does work wonders. As a matter of fact, I remember when our children got up a little age, that, that we, they were, I was on my way to conduct a gospel meeting down in central Florida. And we're driving down Interstate 10 toward Florida. And they were sitting in the back seat. And this was before the days when everyone had to have on a seat belt. And there was quite a ruckus going on in the back seat among all three of those children. I just pulled over to the side of the road, stopped the car, got out, went down into the woods, came back with a switch that was long enough to reach from the front seat to the back seat. And I laid it on the dashboard of the car. And I can promise you, there was peace in the valley. You see, if you want to have happiness and harmony in the home, you need to exercise some discipline. Some think that they're showing love by not practicing discipline. But they're going to go down to their grave weeping for those children. In 1 Samuel, the third chapter and verse 13, this is what is said about the sons of Eli. Eli's sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. That's the result of softness. That's the result of failing to exercise discipline over children. David failed as a father with Absalom and maybe he just didn't exercise proper discipline over his son. So if we want to have homes where there's happiness, where there's harmony, discipline is to be maintained. Someone says, I'm afraid I'll warp their personality if I do that, Brother Lambert. Let me tell you, my mother warped something, but it wasn't my personality. And I can tell you today, my mother's with the Lord today. My father's with the Lord today. And I thank my God that I had a father and a mother who loved me enough that they would discipline me when I was wrong. Sometimes the discipline was just word of mouth. And I can tell you frankly, that was more troubling to me than if I had gotten a strap a hold on the backside of me. And so discipline needs to be maintained in the home today. If you want to have happiness and harmony in the home, everyone has to recognize their role and try to fit into their role. You see, the husband needs to recognize his role. Well, what is his role? Well, he's to be the head of the house. In Ephesians 5, 22, the Bible says, 
Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And in Colossians chapter 3, Paul said that husbands are to love their wives, not to be bitter against them. Bitterness will destroy you. Bitterness will destroy a marriage. Don't be bitter. Wives are to be in subjection to their husbands as is fitting in the Lord. This does not mean that your husband is some kind of a lord and dictator in the home. You see, submission is something that we all understand in life. We, we have to submit to the laws of the land. While you get in your automobile and maybe you're driving a little too fast and a man pulls you over and he's a policeman. And maybe that policeman is a friend of yours. And even though he's a friend of yours, he had to pull you over and you have to submit to his re the relationship that you have with him. That doesn't mean that he's superior and that you're inferior. And the fact that a man is to be the head of the house, the rule in his family, does not mean, no, does it, it does not mean that he is superior and the wife is inferior. It just simply means that in the, every organization, from the White House to Burger King to your house, somebody has to be in charge. And God's role, God's role for the husband is that he be the head. Now the father is to uh, conduct himself in the relationship with his children in such fashion that he will not discourage his children. He needs to, uh, to train those children and teach those children so that they will grow up to be strong, stalwart, productive members of society and members of the Lord's church. Don't ever discourage your children. There are lots of ways you can discourage children. You can discourage children by expecting them to do things that you would expect out of a much older person. That is, unrealistic expectations. You can discourage children by unfair comparisons. That is, you may compare one child who makes good grades in school with another child in the same family that, has, that struggles to make grades in school, just passing grades in school. And when you start trying to compare the two, you're going to discourage that child who may not make good grades in school. And we can discourage children by exercising an attitude over them that is so domineering that those children fail to have the proper respect for their parents they ought to have. And children are to obey their parents in the Lord. You see, you cannot have happiness and harmony in the home uh, unless everyone in this relationship understands their role and then they try to fit in where they belong. Now, also to have happiness and harmony in the home, God is reverenced and God is obeyed. Now, I wish... <laughs> I wish I knew how to get this over to every father and every mother, not just in America, but all of the world. And, and I, I suppose I'm trying to be a little simple here in thinking that it could be done. We've just got to do more teaching on this. Don't you agree? We've got to teach more about what God expects of us in the home. And if we want to have good homes, sound homes, homes that are of bringing children up in the way they ought to go in life. 
It is just fundamental that in that home, God is respected. God is reverenced. God is loved. God is obeyed. And if the parents don't reverence God, if they don't respect God, if they don't love God, if they don't obey God, well, why would you think those children are going to grow up to be God-fearing, God-loving, and God-obeying children? It takes the parents to set the pace. In Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Moses said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. And then he said, the words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Teach the word of God to your children. Teach your children to love God. Teach your children about God. Teach them to respect Him and to reverence God. In some homes, the only time the children hear the name of God used is in a, in a vain way. Where the name of God is evoked in some form of profanity. Shame on parents like that. We need parents who teach their children to reverence God, respect God, love God, obey God. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we had more fathers today like old brother Joshua? Who said in Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood of the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Can you say that today? As a father, can you say that today? As a husband, can you say that today? As for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can you say that as a mother? Can you say that as a wife? As me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord in our house. In Psalms 127 in verse 1, the psalmist said, Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And I can tell you, unless we're trying to put God in our homes, we're laboring in vain today. And the reason we have so many social problems today is because in homes across the land, God has been moved out of the home. He's been moved out of the schoolhouse. He's been moved out into the street. He is no longer reverenced and obeyed and loved and respected. You want happiness and harmony in your home? Stop being so tied up making money. Stop being so tied up thinking about yourself. And make your home a place of prayer. Make your home a place where the Word of God is read. Make your home a place where children are welcome. Children know when their mother and daddy really don't want them. You need to make your home where Jesus is welcome.
Is your home a place where God is reverenced and obeyed? I would encourage you to make your home a home that is centered around God, centered around the Bible, centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a Christian? We say, well, Brother Lambert, I've been watching your telecast now for some time. And, you know, Brother Lambert, I, I've given some thought to that, and I've been thinking about making my home a Christian home. Why don't you stop thinking about it? And why don't you do it? Believe on Jesus, because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Why, why don't you do that and repent of your sins? Because the Bible says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Why don't you do that and confess your faith in Jesus? Because Jesus said, whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father in heaven. And why don't you be baptized? Because Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you do that? Would you today? Can I help you? Can we help you find someone that would baptize you into Jesus Christ? Some lady wrote me recently and said, Brother Lambert, you just kept hammering away and hammering away and hammering away. And now I want to be baptized. You may have been listening a long time. And I love you. I love you. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing unless I love the souls of men and women. And I want you to go to heaven. I do. I want you to be a Christian. I want you to make your home Christian home. I want to thank you for watching today. I'd like to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, right now, pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course, or if you prefer, you can take the course online and, and you'll have the same material as if you received it in the mail. We want you to go to heaven one day, and I want you to make your home where Jesus is welcome. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Coming to Faulkner has been one of the best decisions of my life. Not only have I had the chance to meet many great professors, but I've had the chance to be educated by them and become their friends. I had the opportunity to serve the community through Faulkner's service programs. I really enjoyed using my talents by helping others. At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.